We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone welcome to the rotor grinders morning grind podcast i'm your host stevie tpfl thursday december 8th thursday means it's time to talk some football only three games on the basketball schedule so make sure you're paying attention to crunch time and stuff like that for basketball we're here to talk week 14 yes week 14 already football season is almost over which is crazy i mean we're we're definitely going to discuss football here for the next few weeks but i mean it's getting close to like the end of football season which is wild because i feel like it just started and i i mean i feel like that every year um when football season gets towards the end it's just like it's once a week and you wait so long for it to get here and then it's over so fast it feels like and then you wait so long again so um and football is just one like dfs sport where you could just be contrarian without needing to do crazy things so i just man everyone loves dfs football but yeah i mean here we are week 14 here we are keith eister eyes 819 keith week 14 you're you're a veteran to the morning grind football podcast now um i will say one thing i really wish i would have built lineups when we were doing the podcast last week and never touched them um (laughs) because would have absolutely smashed everything had i done that um but i didn't but i i think i made like 13 bucks and looking at my exposures i'm super happy with that yeah that's that's a better week than i had i i paid to play last week um and it's crazy you say that because i was just looking at the morning grind from last week the only question i missed on the morning grind game was tight end i got the quarterback for 300 yards the lone running back touchdown quarterback wide receiver stack smashed eight wide receiver for eight targets and the the DST I had Cleveland and then just randomly did not play them in DFS and you like had to have them to take down a tournament. So yeah, agree. I wish I should would have just built the teams after the podcast and not done a thing the rest of the week. Well, I highlighted uh, McLaurin and I, I mean, I played a little bit, but not enough. Um, so yeah, I mean that it happens, right? You know, yeah. early week thoughts sometimes are, are fantastic. You know, football, 
in baseball, I mean, you really can kind of build stuff and adjust a little bit, but you don't have to go crazy. There's just so much that happened by the time like we finished recording and like football Sunday came around. Um, so I mean that that's just going to be the case. So, but I'm excited for this week. I mean, there's a few duds on this slate, but man, we have a few really good football games. Um, so the one o'clock games are fantastic. The four o'clock games, I am not excited about doing the afternoon expert survey this week, uh, because those games are trash. Um, and that's just being nice. So yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about with these one o'clock games. But before we get into that, if you haven't checked out Sleeper Fantasy, check them out. Use promo code Grinders, get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. Get instantly put in the Roto Grinder Squad chat. Posted yesterday the morning grind game in the squad chat, and um, I hope you missed it. I hope you didn't see it. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't work out. You know, it happens sometimes where they just don't work out. Westbrook missed by like a half a point or one and a half points. Uh, Marketing didn't play. I think it's going to go three for four, which I think is like 1.4, 1.25 or something. So like. It's not a total bust because Marketing didn't play, but I mean Westbrook, one more one more basket. If he plays anything in the fourth quarter, one more basket from him, and we would have been off to the races. But um, I mean, hey, you know, it happens. So check out Sleeper. Get in the Rotor Grinders squad chat. Rotor Grinders um, squad chat for sure. So Keith, football, week 14, 10 games. Nice little juicy 10 game slate here. We get started with Minnesota at Detroit, 52 and a half total here. Detroit, a two and a half point favorite. We'll start with Minnesota. And I mean, it's kind of rare that we start with one of the best, if not the best spots on the slate, like Detroit in Detroit, Detroit, a favorite in this game. Like Detroit's been playing fantastic. Like this game is juicy. Talk to me here about Minnesota. Yeah, juicy is a, is a good word to describe this one. We've been attacking Detroit all year long on defense. They've been playing a little bit better here recently. Uh, but this Minnesota offense packs packs a punch. This is going to be a fantastic game. And just from an overall slate perspective, usually we have like at least two late games where you're like if you're not if you're winning money going into those games and you don't have any exposure, like it's it might not end up a great day for you. Where this slate is kind of the opposite. Like I don't know if you have much to worry about. So get these first games right. Um, maybe one or two contrarian pieces at the end of the night to, or at the end of the day to cap it off. But yeah, th- this game right here is is where you need some exposure for sure. Um, I said Detroit's been playing a little bit better on defense, but still a very attackable defense. Minnesota has amazing pieces like Justin Jefferson, who is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Adam Thielen's price is really cheap. I know he's washed up. He's old. He hasn't done a ton this year, but 4,900 for Adam Thielen in this matchup. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, Dalvin cook 7,300 hefty price tag for him. Um, but he's game script proof. If, if Detroit does come out and continue to move the ball really well on offense, it's not like cook is getting scripted out here. Um, so yeah, the Hawkinson has had a, a great role since coming over as well. Fair price tag on him at 5,100. I, I think you're definitely going to want some exposure here to this game in, in multiple different ways. 
Yeah, I think like the best thing about like Minnesota is it's four guys. It's Cousins, it's Cook, it's Jefferson, it's Hawkinson. Like Thielen can have good games. They they haven't been as like often since Hawkinson has come over. Hawkinson's targets have just absolutely crushed the target share of Thielen here um, since he's come over. And I mean, Hawkinson going back to Detroit, Cousins, let's get him the football. I mean, he's going to get him the football and whether like revenge, whatever, like Hawkinson said, <laughs> thank you. Like, thank you. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, so Jefferson Hawkinson with Cousins, Dalvin Cook, um, this is almost one of those games and like one of these slates with this game indoors with some of the bad weather that we have potentially that I'm playing cousins cook and one of the pass catchers and I'm okay with playing cook and cousins together. So, um, and I don't even hate like if for some reason you want to go Jared golf on the other side of this game. Cause I mean, Minnesota pass defense is atrocious. Um, like you could potentially go like cook, Jefferson or Hawkinson and then run it back with like Goff and St. Brown on the other side of this game and just kind of hope for a really high scoring game. So, I mean, Minnesota for me is cousins, cook Jefferson Hawkinson. I don't think I'm going to play enough lineups to get a lot of Thielen exposure. If you're running 150, get some Thielen exposure going to the Detroit side of this game. I mean, the running back situation is a mess now. Um, it, it's officially a mess. I think, DeAndre Swift is healthy. I think he is the lead back. I am me, and I am not the coach of the Detroit Lions. Um, it's a situation that is really tough. And luckily, like, Minnesota is kind of a funnel defense. They allow the most passing yards per game. Their rushing defense is, like, middle of the pack. So I think Jared Goff and St. Brown – and then, you know, taking some shots on like a Josh Reynolds or a, a DJ Chark. But I mean, we're going to be looking at some of the highest ownership we've ever seen um, on St. Brown again this week. He was really popular last week and it's hard not to have interest in him in this spot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the top wide receiver on the slate for me. You mentioned how bad the Minnesota pass defense has been. And there are a few wide receivers in the NFL that have a better role than than St. Brown. Um, he's seen a floor of like eight targets a week. Goff has been playing surprisingly well. St. Brown has a massive target share. Um, he should be priced up in the high eight Ks. I, I think for this matchup, like it's, it's a great spot against this Minnesota defense. Um, the running backs, it's tough. Um, I agree. Swift is definitely becoming more involved, getting healthier every single week. But that said, um, Jamal Williams still has a goal line role. Like even if if Swift is 100% healthy and has 60% of the carries in the backfield, Jamal Williams is still going to have a goal line role. So that makes it difficult to play the running backs in this spot. I probably just target the pass catchers more, um, in, and specifically Amon Ross St. Brown. We saw DJ Chark pop off for a pretty decent game last week. The last two weeks he's actually been okay. Um, five targets and caught a touchdown two weeks ago last week had six targets and caught five of them he's still cheap at, at 4300 so I don't mind DJ Chark um, I'm gonna play a little bit of Jared Goff he's been playing surprisingly well this season Detroit's not afraid to throw the ball I know they're favored in this game but it, like Minnesota 
like Minnesota has a better record. It's surprising that they're favored. Um, I get it. They're, they're at home. Um, and they've, they've been playing really well the last couple of weeks. So I get it. Um, but it's, I don't think it's a lock that Detroit is playing from ahead in this game. So I'll have some exposure, exposure to, to golf just as a way to differentiate my St. Brown a little bit. Um, mix in some shark. I don't know where to go with pass. Like the tight end situation is rough. I think you can play Brock right for his price. If you wanted to probably need a touchdown, but he's 2,900. Um, I don't know what exactly what's going on with Josh Reynolds. He's been injured and banged up the last couple of weeks. If he were to step into a bigger role, he's cheap as well. I want all kinds of exposure to this game environment, um, but it's primarily going to be St. Brown. And then I'm mixing in the rest of this Detroit side. Yeah. St. Brown and Chark. I per- I think I prefer Chark over Reynolds and over yeah. Raymond right now. Like the snap share and like target share has been in the right direction for Chark compared to the other two. So, I mean, with Reynolds back, I don't think Raymond is even an option. Um, you know, he only ran eight routes last week and that was a, a pretty high scoring game. So I think for me on Detroit, St. Brown, clearly the best option and then i'll mix in some chark i might play jared goff in my main lineup um and i don't think it's that crazy you just you worry about like two or three rushing touchdowns and if that was if that happens i'm probably gonna have a bad weekend anyway it's just jared goff's 5600 against the worst pass defense in the nfl um so i mean and he's throwing the ball 30 30 plus times a game in close games so yeah, I have a ton of interest in Jared Goff. I, I'm super happy with like 25 points from him um, at 5,600 in my main lineup because really St. Brown and Jefferson combo could score four touchdowns um, at wide receiver in this game. So juicy game, good game, really good game. Need to mention Jamison Williams too. He only played 11% of the snaps last week, but he did see the field. So, I mean, yeah. Like, only ran two that's routes, a, that's, what's that? He only ran two routes. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely just to get him out there and get him on the field. But if he steps into like, I don't know, even like thirty percent of the the snaps and and runs a route on all of those, it could be interesting. Um, just keep an eye on the the Lions beat reporters and things like that. If if they say that Jamison Williams is going to have a role, I would be super interested in that. Very very talented young prospect. I think he'd take away from Reynolds more than Chark. I don't know. I feel like. They really like what Chark's been doing. I don't know. It's so tough to say, but I still think I would prefer Chark as my second option in the pass game. I don't think I go to Brock Wright. Like you said, he would need a touchdown, so maybe if I'm playing him, it'd be on FanDuel more than on DraftKings. All right, we move on. We got the Jets and the Bills. This game is... I totally did not write the total down for this game. Um, 43 and a half. Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, a little bit weaker on defense with some of the recent injuries. Any interest here in the Jets in one game that could potentially have some bad weather? It's tough. I know Buffalo's dealing with some injuries. Still a really strong defense, though. Um, I think you have to have interest in Garrett Wilson, though, just because of his target share. He's still only 5,900. Um, the price is starting to adjust, but dudes went for over 25 DraftKings points the last two weeks. That's still not high enough. If he's going to continue to put up games like that, um, like expect the jets to be trailing in this game. 
Wilson should continue to have a massive target share. He's still absolutely in play. I, you can try to mess around with the cheaper wide receivers if you if you think this game script is is really pass heavy for the Jets, which I kind of lean that it will be. Um, Elijah Moore at thirty five hundred, and and Corey Davis at forty two hundred, both in the conversation. Um, don't love it with the tough matchup, but I do think the Jets lean pretty pretty pass heavy here. The running backs, I'm probably not touching um, with just a shared backfield there. We saw James Robinson active last week. He wasn't that involved, but just his presence there with, in addition to tonight and Carter, it's kind of a three-headed backfield. They're all priced right around 5K. Buffalo has a, a great run defense, so I don't know. I think I'd lean Carter if I was picking one just because of his pass-catching role, um, but probably staying away from the Jets running game. Yeah, Carter should be back for this one. Um, I'm no interest whatsoever um, in the running backs. I'll I'll play play a little bit of Wilson, not as much as we have the last couple weeks. Um, I think this is a much like tougher matchup. Like Minnesota again, going back to that conversation about being the worst pass defense in the NFL. I mean, we just saw Mike White throw for 369 yards against Minnesota. Going back to that first conversation about Jared Goff, so I mean. We'll have to see, like, if this Corey Davis thing is, like, it's an illness. He should play. I mean, I'm not too concerned. He has been running a ton of routes, so has Elijah Moore. Coughlin, I think, is a, a potential cheaper tight end play that at 3,100, if he scored a touchdown, he'd be in a good position. So, I think it's the pass catchers. I don't think I'm playing Mike White this week. Um, I'm probably not playing a ton of the Jets. I mean, Buffalo is really good. This is a divisional game. I don't expect it to be a fast-paced, really high-scoring game. I think we see a lower-scoring game here, especially if the weather's not great. So going to the Buffalo side, I mean, obviously we have Allen, Hurts, and Mahomes all over 8K as far as quarterbacks go. What do you like here uh, for Buffalo? So the Jets also have a really good defense, but the Buffalo offense is elite. So you can still take some shots here. Keep an eye on the weather, obviously. Um, Allen and Diggs is a very expensive stack, but also a stack with massive ceiling. Um, I think I probably try to save some money if I'm doing that. And Isaiah McKenzie would be the guy I'm looking at 4,200. He's had a pretty decent role out of the slot the last couple weeks here. Um, so I like McKenzie in this matchup, like Gabe Davis, especially if there's any win in this game is, is tough. Um, he's a guy that gets targeted down the field a little bit more often. Uh, doesn't doesn't have a huge target share, but he he is live for the big play at any time. Uh, but I think I prefer McKenzie saving the money there. And Dawson Knox is a guy I like is a cheaper tight end, thirty eight hundred. Definitely has some touchdown equity in this spot. I want some exposure to Josh Allen. I don't know that he's a massive priority for me on the slate. Just tough matchup, outdoor game, cold game. Um, so that that leads me to Devin Singletary a little bit. He has had a better role um, since the trade that they traded away Zach Moss. He's kind of been the guy all season long. Um, 5,700, I, I think you could do worse than that. Um, not not going to be a huge overweight stance for me, but I will have some Singletary. Saw James Cook really involved last game against New England. Um, I don't know how much I really believe in that, but I mean, that game was a close game for most of the game, and... He was very involved in the passing game. Like he had six catches in that game. So 
I'm not pumping the brakes on Singletary yet. Like, if it happens again this week, I mean, next week when we're on the podcast, I'll, I'll definitely be pumping the brakes a little bit more on Singletary. Um, but yeah, I mean, Allen is in play on any given slate. Diggs, he's a fantastic play, but at 8,300, like, I don't know if he has that ceiling in this matchup. There's been plenty of times this year where he's gone absolutely bonkers, but he's on my list. Like this combo is on my list, but like, this is also one of those combos. I might be like, I'm going to be underweight on this combo. And I really just hope that they don't throw like two or three touchdowns to him. And Allen doesn't run in a couple touchdowns. Like Allen hasn't been running as much lately ever since that like shoulder thing happened. Um, so I don't know. I think for me, like the Buffalo side of this game, I'm just kind of like, don't go bonkers and burn me. Like, give me a little bit of weather in this game and don't go bonkers and burn me um, is my initial thoughts here on Buffalo. Because, I mean, Buffalo is always going to get ownership too. So maybe this is where I can gain a little bit of ownership on the field. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think I'd rank Allen definitely behind Hurts this week. And then Mahomes is a is a kind of a coin flip because I just don't know if Denver is going to be able to keep that game close enough for Mahomes to have a ceiling. But as of right now, I think I rank Mahomes over Allen for these three like expensive quarterbacks. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, 36 and a half total in this game. Pittsburgh, a two and a half point favorites. We'll go to the Baltimore side of this game first. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that we're going to be watching here, well, whether one uh, Lamar Jackson, the knee, I mean, they haven't officially ruled him out yet, but it doesn't sound very promising for Lamar to play in this game. We see Huntley getting first team reps. Um, what are we? What are what are our thoughts here with with Baltimore um, with this Lamar Jackson news going up against this tough Pittsburgh defense? Yeah, not not looking good for Lamar. I think Vegas is telling us that he's trending towards doubtful with this spread here and Pittsburgh being favored, um, even on the road. If Lamar we're playing. I feel like like Baltimore would have the edge here. Um, so with the backup quarterback in there, like Huntley can run. Don't get me wrong, but fifty five hundred, like he's in the same price range as, as Jared Goff. We just talked about how much we love him. I don't think you need to go to Huntley this week. Um, tough matchup here against Pittsburgh. So I don't know. This is a, a really difficult game environment without weather. If there's weather, also, I probably just stay away entirely. Like Mark Andrews is priced up. I think like taking a shot on likely at, at 2,700 is okay. Um, just as a punt tight end, I'm probably not touching any wide receivers here. Um, like Robinson's been the guy with the target share recently, but if with a change at quarterback, I don't know that I trust that. Um, and then the running backs, the backfield's pretty split as well. We saw Gus Edwards make his return. Um, and have and have a role so you've got drake there as well justice hill mixes in a little bit it's just the whole team is kind of a mess especially if lamar is out i'm i'm more than likely just avoiding this game i mean i definitely like the idea of fading this game i mean both of these past defenses are kind of iffy this season they've gotten a little bit better with some you know guys coming back um I mean, Huntley is someone that I feel like you could potentially look at like his rushing prop 
and get exposure to him that way instead of like playing him like he threw the ball 32 times last week and the average i think was six yards a catch like six yards a pass or whatever uh it was it was really low um i mean he completed 84 percent of his passes but a lot of it was just dump off stuff so I, i think like i don't really want exposure to anyone in this game on the Baltimore side, you know, even like the running back situation is just so kind of crowded. If I'm going to play anybody, it'd be like Duvernay at like 4,400 and just hope that he broke like a long, long catch, like after, after yard catch or whatever yards after catch type of touchdown. Uh, Cause I mean, they're, they're going to be short targets. Andrews. I don't think I want to pay his price tag. Um, with Huntley at quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Baltimore is just a team where I don't think I end up on them a lot here. I mean, Demarcus Robinson is 4K. He's going to get a lot of short targets as well. I just taking a shot on one of those guys if if I'm looking at anything. But really, I'm looking at the defenses in this game. On the Pittsburgh side, I mean, I, I don't even have a ton of interest in the Pittsburgh side of this game either. Like, it's just not... I mean, Deontay Johnson and Faramuth, maybe, but I mean, talk, talk me into something. Cause I mean, this is just a game in general where I'm like, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. I'm kind of right there with you and let's just move on to the next one. The running back situation uh, with Najee Harris banged up. Jalen Warren has missed a couple of games. Um, like Najee's role has been improving here recently. I just it's a tough matchup and if and if he's banged up I I'm not going to play him this week um in a, in a slower game. If he misses like it's hard to trust Warren or Snell if they're both both active we have no idea how that the division of of workload is going to break up there so really tough running back situ- situation they're cheap but it's a tough matchup and un- just uncertainty and and how the work's going to be divided up. I think Fryermuth is my favorite play on the Pittsburgh side, 4,500 um, has seen a decent target share here recently. I don't think I can do the, the receivers. Um, I prefer Pickens to Johnson, but neither of them are comfortable. Like I just Pickett has struggled a little bit uh, too much. Baltimore's defense has, has looked better as the season has progressed. Um not a big fan of either one of them at 5k. So Friar Muth, I think would be the, the real only exposure I have to Pittsburgh. If like, if this like injury for Deontay Johnson becomes more of a thing. Okay. I'm in like, all right, I'll take some shots um, on, on Pickens. But if Deontay plays, I'm out. I'm just out. I mean, I'm not going to over, I'm really just not going to overthink this game. Um, I'm just probably going to be underweight maybe even just fade this entire game like pre doing like before we even went live i always kind of write some stuff down i didn't have anyone listed from this game so i mean that's just where i'm at could it burn me sure 36 and a half total burn me i'll move on to the next week i got a few more weeks after this so cleveland at cincinnati 47 and a half total in this game cincinnati a six and a half point favorite Going to the Cleveland side first. Um, I don't know what we really saw from Watson last week. I don't know what to 
like think of it yet. Like I haven't processed it all yet. I mean, it, it doesn't shock me um, to to say like what was it? He missed almost two full seasons, right? It was it was really close to almost two whole, two two whole years. So doesn't shock me that it took him a, a little bit to get going. I mean, the Cleveland defense did what we expected them to do. Um, Peoples Jones had a kickoff return or punt return for a touchdown to even help the defense um, a, a little bit more. Like Nick Chubb sh- was was guy that like I was way overweight on, and like he just struggled to get anything going against like the worst run defense last week. So, I mean, I think Cincinnati is going to put up points, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to have to throw the ball more than twenty two times this week. Um, Cooper seemed to be his guy. I want to see if Najoku is going to play or not this week because I do think there there's a role for him. But, I mean, Watson-Cooper combos definitely in play this week. What are your thoughts on Cleveland? Yeah, I, I have some interest here. Cincinnati's been a strong defense all season long, but this is not the same Cleveland team that, that we're used to uh, with Brissett under center for the majority of this year and then like Baker Mayfield struggling a ton last last season, Cleveland just went super run heavy. Even in games they were trailing, they really never got away from the run. They have a different dynamic now with, with Watson at, at quarterback. So I have some interest in this game environment here. Um, I'll, I'll play some Watson Cooper stacks. I agree. He looked to be the preferred target. He saw nine last week. Um, and then Joku is only 3,900. He had a great role. Um, obviously that was before Watson saw the field. Um, but I think he could step right back into that role. Uh, and Cincinnati has been more attackable, uh, via the tight end position than the wide receivers. Like they've been strong against wide receivers all season long, but Cooper, Cooper can win in any matchup. Watson has plenty of talent. I definitely want some exposure to the Cincinnati side as well. So I love Cooper as a run back could use in Joku as well, but I will have some Watson stacks also. Yeah, Cooper went bonkers the first time these two teams played. Uh, Woozy got hurt in that game, and Apple was already out. So, I mean, it was a much different scenario than what we should see. Like, Taylor Britt and Apple have been fantastic on the outside. So, I mean, it is a tough matchup for Cooper and um, Peoples-Jones. But, I mean, you have to think that they're going to have to throw the ball in this game. I mean, if you want to take some shots on Nick Chubb, I don't hate it. Probably, again, more on FanDuel. I mean, this might be a spot where like Kareem Hunt becomes playable, getting four to six targets out of the backfield, but he hasn't had more than four targets out of the backfield yet this season. He hasn't had like a good game since week one. So, I mean, that's tough to even wreck, like even tough to even like take shots on. So, I mean, Cleveland's a tough team. I like Cooper. I don't mind people's Jones. Um, and I want to see, like I said, if Najoku is going to be back this week, because I do think that he would be, uh, interesting play the Cincinnati side of this one obviously we're waiting to know um, Joe Mixon he practiced full Wednesday it was a concussion should pass concussion protocol this week if he's pack- practicing in full on a Wednesday so he should be back and I mean Cleveland has been a team that has kind of just struggled against the run they're getting some guys back defensively but I mean they're 31st in DVOA against the run I expect Burrow to have a good game. We saw Jamar Chase come back last week. Eight targets had a a solid game. Really kind of hurt T. Higgins. Um, played eighty one percent of the snaps. We were you know definitely concerned about what it would look like. The other thing to kind of note here is Hayden Hurst is doubtful. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Bengals? 
Everything revolves around Joe Mixon. For me, if Mixon clears concussion protocol and is back this week, he is one of the best running back plays on the slate. He's underpriced. It's a, a pretty decent matchup here against Cleveland. Um, they they are a little bit better against the run since they've gotten healthier, but still like bottom half of the league as far as run defenses go. Um, Mixon is a guy we have seen absolutely annihilate slates before in the past. He has that three touchdown upside. Um, can do it out of the backfield as a receiver as well. So at 6,900, he's underpriced for, for this matchup. Um, if he's out, we, I, you just go right back to P. Ryan. He's played awesome in Mixon's, Mixon's absence. So I'm interested in Mixon if he's in there. I'm interested in P. Ryan if Mixon is out. Um, I also will be stacking in Burrow just because of the talent of these wide receivers here. Um, probably pre- prefer Chase with him back and having a week under his belt, proving that he's healthy. Um, Higgins price at, at 7k is just too close to Chase's upside or like in Chase just has more upside in my opinion. So um, give me some Burrow and Chase. I don't want to touch the tight end situation without Hurst there. Like I don't see any talented pass catchers there or anything like Wilcox is more of a blocker. Asiasi has never carved out a role in a couple of seasons in the league. So no interest in the tight end position. Um, but give me, give me some burrow stacks, chasing Higgins be tough to fit them both. I don't mind going down to a Boyd if I'm, if I'm trying to double stack, but I might just play him with, with Mixon as well, because Mixon has some, some pass catching ability. So, and if P Ryan is in there, same for him. So burrow running back and chaser Higgins, I think is my preferred stack here, but definitely want pl- plenty of exposure to Cincinnati. I mean, the the good thing about, like, Boyd here is they're probably going to end up running a lot of three wide receiver sets. So, I mean, it could easily be Boyd scoring a touchdown. Um, I'm with you. I think Higgins' price makes me just lean towards Chase. The flip side of that is everyone's going to think that way. So maybe you take some shots on Higgins in tournaments. But, I mean, Burrow is definitely someone I don't mind taking some shots on in this game. Cleveland handled this team in Cleveland earlier this year. So, I mean, I, I expect Cincinnati, who's, you know, kind of rolling here, winning four straight since that Cleveland game to get back on track or stay on track here against this Cleveland team and put up some points. Jacksonville at Tennessee. An interesting, this is an interesting game. 41 and a half total Tennessee, a three and a half point favorites. We experimented with, you know, talking and playing um, Trevor Lawrence last week. And it went about as good as you expected it to go. He sprained his toe or something, threw for 179 yards, had his worst game in weeks, um, gets a Tennessee pass defense that is pretty atrocious, I think is the best way to put it. Um, I mean, they allow the second most passing yards per game. They rank bottom 10 in DVOA. I don't know what to do with Jacksonville. Like, I mean, I think you just take some shots on Kirk and Jones, maybe Ingram and hope that Jacksonville scores some points here in Tennessee. But I mean, I don't think this is a spot I want to play ETN. Uh, the Tennessee run defense has been the best, one of the best, if not the best run defense in the NFL this season. Yeah. agree with you on ETN. The role has been nice. Um, since Robinson left town, but this is it's just a really tough matchup and he has not been as involved in the passing game. Like he has 
no more than five targets in any game. And that was even with Robinson there. Like that was a, a big thing. Like ETN taking over the backfield. He was a, a capable pass catcher in college. We thought he was going to get involved more. Haven't seen that. Um, so agree. I'm looking to the passing game here. It's just kind of the way the matchup sets up anyway. I don't know if I need to play Lawrence. I definitely prefer Goff. Um, Lawrence had a really nasty looking injury right before, not an injury, but just he went down and stayed on the field for a little bit right before the half. I guess it was just his, his toe that got caught in the turf, but it it looked pretty serious at when it happened. Um, Ended up coming back and playing the rest of that game. So I think Lawrence plays here. I'm more interested in Christian Kirk though, than anyone. Um, He's just had a a really solid target share all season long. Another eight targets last week. Um, Didn't, didn't quite have the game I was expecting, like phenomenal matchup against Detroit last week, obviously expected a little bit more. He was still fine. Just didn't quite get there because he didn't find the end zone. Zay Jones disappointed a little bit. Um, still saw seven targets, just didn't convert many. Of them. I'd, I'd go right back to that 4,700, I think is a fair price. And, and like Jacksonville's way to move the ball in this game, I think is through the air. So also the Ingram call I like as well. Um, We've seen him pop up for big target games in games that they're trailing. I think this could be one of those spots. So I like the Ingram Hall a lot. I think they're going to be trailing in this game. Um, They just really couldn't get anything going against Detroit last week, which is something not a lot of teams have been able to say this year. (laughs) Going um, (laughs) to the Titans side of this game. Uh, Um. I mean, first of all, we need to see like if Tannehill's gonna play or not. Like how how serious is this ankle injury? Um, because if like Mark Wills is gonna play Willis is gonna play quarterback this week, I'm probably just fading everything and anything in this game. Um Burks got concussion like concussion last week, right? Yep. So we'll have to see like if he's gonna play like they're there's so many question marks when it comes to Tennessee this week that it is really hard to talk about them, even though like they're in a pretty decent spot at home against Jacksonville, especially against this pass defense. Um, I mean, they're the second worst pass defense in DVOA. They allow a ton of passing yards per game. Like, what are we doing here with Tennessee? Talk to me like, if Tannehill plays and if Tannehill sits, I mean, just kind of run over both scenarios here. If if Tannehill is in, I have some interest in the passing game. I have interest in Derrick Henry either way. Um, like, he's just been getting a phenomenal workload. Uh, I know it fell off a little bit against Philly, but they, they were down big in that game. I don't expect them to be trailing. And if they are, it's not going to be by uh, two scores where the where Henry just gets game scripted out. So Der- Derrick Henry is my favorite play on Tennessee here with or without Tannehill. If, if Tannehill sits, we saw when Willis started earlier in the season, they were handing the ball off to Henry like 30 times a game. So if Tannehill's out, I think Derrick Henry is the best running back play on the slate. I have no interest in the passing game. If Tannehill sits, it would just solely be Henry for me. If T- Tannehill is in there and Burks is in there, that that would be my favorite way is is just play some trail on Burks. Um, Robert Woods just hasn't hasn't quite done enough for me this season. Like they don't have enough pass volume 
for me to want to take shots on Robert Woods. Um, but I do like Traylon Burks if he plays. And then tight end is interesting. We've seen Chiga Conquo kind of take start to take over. He's been on the field more, um, and he's earned five targets each of the last two weeks. He's a talented, young, athletic tight end. Um, I I don't mind him as a punt. Like I think Kelsey's the only option to play up, pay up for this week. Maybe some Hawkinson, um, but like that, the mid range of tight end is is usually pretty gross. So going all the way down to twenty seven hundred for some Okonkwo, I'm okay with. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that call. Um, I like it even more if Burks plays, and I like it even more if Tannehill plays. Um, I'm not gonna have a ton of exposure to anybody if Tannehill sits i mean definitely we'll have some exposure to henry in that scenario but i mean the game just i mean if Tannehill doesn't play the game in general becomes one that like it definitely moves down on my list um you know that's kind of what i was saying when i was saying at the beginning it's an interesting game i mean yeah i mean that's what i I just struggle overall with this game if Tannehill doesn't play which things you never thought you'd say three years ago (laughs) <laughs> Houston at Dallas taking on the Cowboys 45 and a half total Dallas 16 and a half point favorite in this game. The Dallas Cowboys look fantastic, but let's talk about Houston first. Um, I mean, it sounds like Davis Mills is going to be playing quarterback this week. Um, yep. The Kyle, Kyle Allen um, experiment over. After two games and throwing the ball 39 times a game, (laughs) (laughs) listen, Houston has no problem chucking. Um, So, I mean, with that said, like Brandon Cooks is dealing with a calf injury. If he is any what like hurt, he probably doesn't play in this game. He has nothing to play for. They have nothing to play for. And Nico Collins is banged up. We like legitly maybe playing Chris Moore, (laughs) <laughs> Philip Dorsett and Amari Rogers this week with Chris Moore being my favorite, but don't forget about Jordan Aikens uh, at 2,800. You have to, I think you have to have some interest in the Houston pass game just because, I mean, they're going to be trailing this whole game. Dallas is a fantastic team. They're a fantastic defense. It's not going to be pretty. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I think you have to have some interest in the past game here. Yeah, just sheer volume. Um, well, you said it at the top. Houston is not afraid to chuck it when they get 
when they're playing from behind. Um, like Damian Pierce has been tough. Like I like the the player, just not not in this offense. Um, I don't see any scenario of like matchups. Yeah, he has, and and this is an like Dallas's run defense hasn't been elite by any means. Um, but I I just don't see the game script going in his favor. So Damian Pierce is a tough play. If Nico Collins plays, I have interest in him. He keeps getting targeted. He didn't convert a ton of them last week. He did catch a touchdown. So at 4,400 with the volume that's coming his way, I, I definitely like Nico Collins. If him and Cooks are both out, it gets it gets ugly. I agree. Chris Moore is the play in that scenario. Um, Dorsett is fine, but like just a first-round pick that never really figured anything out, like hasn't had success anywhere he's been. Um, like filled with the Colts, the Patriots gave him a shot, and he just couldn't do anything there. So I don't know. Dorsett, he's minimum price. You could take some shots there, but I, I do prefer Chris Moore. Um, and then I, I love the Aikens call. Saw him pop up with a big target share. Um, Jordan was out last week, I believe. Um, but even, even if uh, Jordan is back, Aikens has – no, Jordan played last week, actually. So yeah, they just regard that. Decent, uh, yeah, what, five and six targets or something? Yeah, it was the week before that, that Jordan missed. But Aikens seems clearly to be the number one tight end here. So I, I like that call uh, a lot. Um, just with the pass volume, Houston trailing by a bunch. We're going to see 35-ish dropbacks again. So Aikens and Collins would be my two favorite plays here if Collins misses and a little Chris Moore and a sprinkle of Dorsett. Dallas defense, definitely in play. <laughs> we just talked about them dropping back 30-plus times. Um, <laughs> this defense, is, they're all ball hawks, man. They they yeah. want the football. Um, this is a good defense. Like, my initial thoughts is Dak is not in play because I don't think that the ceiling is high enough. I mean, this could be a game he throws under 200 yards and potentially gets two touchdowns and doesn't need to do anything else. Like, the, like, crummiest 20, 22 fantasy points you'll get out of <laughs> Dak all year. I mean, I think getting the running back situation right, I mean, gosh, it's so hard because, like, Elliott just continues to score touchdowns and Pollard continues just to shred defenses. Keith, I think, like... I, I think Pollard's the ceiling guy still. And I think like Elliot is just kind of a safe potential touchdown. I don't think I play Gallup, maybe CD lamb, maybe Schultz, but maybe I'm overthinking this too. And just, you know, ruling out too much of a good offense against a bad defense, because I don't think the game's going to stay close, but it's 16 and a half totals. We don't get those very often. Yeah, no, I, I think you broke it down well. It's the running backs that we're interested in here. Um, yeah, Dak could throw two early touchdowns to CeeDee Lamb, and then maybe you want Lamb, but I agree. Like, they would take their foot off the gas in that scenario, and then Dak probably doesn't end up getting there. So I don't think I'll be using Dak. Maybe CeeDee Lamb just because he could score two early touchdowns and get there. Schultz I have interest in. I don't like the price. Um but again, if, if he scores, he could be useful. And this is definitely not a defense where we're scared of sl- slowing anybody down. It's just whether they get the full four four quarters of volume here is the, the, really the only concern. So 
I think I prefer Schultz to CD just for the savings. I'm not going any deeper on the, the receivers. Those are going to be the only two pass catchers I play. I think you play both Zeke and Pollard. Um, definitely don't, I wouldn't play them on a lineup together, but like we just, whoever gets the touchdowns is really going to be the guy we're interested in here. Zeke is not a guy that people like to play. He's cheaper, but I think he's going to, he's still going to be lower owned despite being cheaper. I don't disagree with you that Pollard has far more ceiling because he has more big playability, but Zeke has every bit as much touchdown equity. Um, I could absolutely see Zeke, Zeke scoring two touchdowns in this spot. So I'll, I will take some shots there at, at 6,100. On FanDuel specifically, Pollard clearly the better play. Zeke is 8K on FanDuel. Pollard 7,500. Zeke hasn't scored over 20 fantasy points um, this season, and he is $500 more than Pollard, who has, was it four or five games over 20? So easy decision there, where on DraftKings, where Elliot is actually cheaper than Pollard, I'll get exposure to both. But really, like Elliot, even in two touchdown games, really just hasn't done much. Um, I mean, he's had two touchdown games, and still yet like i said to score over 20 fantasy points i mean pollard's the better back i don't disagree with that at all nope not not at all i don't think that's a hot take so definitely like the dallas defense with pollard or elliott um in large field tournaments i'll take some shots on cd lamb because he is someone that can score two touchdowns and his his ceiling is still high in this type of game so he's on the list i don't hate schultz um but i mean no, we're not struggling for tight ends this week. I, I got six tight ends written down already, and we we still have plenty of games to go. So, interesting game. We move on, though, to, again, one of the better games on slate. Philadelphia at New York facing the New York football Giants. 45.5 total in this one. Philly, a 6.5-point favorite. We will go to the Philadelphia side first. Kind of already mentioned it. Right now, as of right now, I have Jalen Hurts as my number one guy if I'm paying up. Um, and I again, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. Uh, his rushing ability in a game that should be super competitive when we're looking at just overall ceiling. I mean, Mahomes always has it, but is he need is he gonna need it against Denver? Eh, maybe. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I mean Philly like Hertz has a, a massive ceiling because of his his rush, rushing upside. We saw him what he can do in the passing game last week. Shout out to AJ Brown. That was one of my favorite plays of the week last week. He is definitely vengeful. Much appreciated. Unfortunately, didn't help me enough. Um, but yeah, ten targets, two touchdowns last week. I'll go right back to him a little bit. Prices up there, not as good of a matchup, um, but like. AJ Brown is is the clear number one here. Devonta Smith is is in the conversation, but it's Brown ahead of Smith for me. Um, I don't mind Smith in this spot either, though. Like, can the Giants keep the game close? Is is kind of my feeling on how much of this I want to play. Giants being at home, having Barkley, Daniel Jones with some rushing ability, I think they can hang around at least long enough to make sure that that Hurts continues to throw. So. I agree. It, I think it hurts ahead of Mahomes for me um, just because Hurts runs more. Uh, and I know we haven't seen as much rushing from him recently, but he still has that in him. Like when when that's the way that 
he needs to move the ball with, on the offense. Like he's not afraid to take off and do it. So I think it's Hurts over Mahomes. Um, I like Hurts to AJ Brown and Hurts to Devonta Smith are the way I'm playing this. We haven't seen any production from the tight ends since uh, Goddard went out. So not messing with that. And not a ton of interest in the running backs for me either. It's it's really just AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Sorry, super distracted there for a second. Like I still don't know what happened in the Warriors game. Um, yeah, I mean they had the ball on an inbound pass with with a lead of a point with six point nine seconds to go, and they lost somehow. Um, I was pulling it up really quick, like. Uh, yeah, so I guess someone had a steal or something. But anyway, um, Hertz, Brown, Smith would be my three favorite plays here. Like I said, I, I'm with you. Um, Hertz hasn't. Gosh, this dude just his ceiling is just absolutely massive. It's so high that. Yeah. The good thing is running it back here on the giant side has. gosh i don't want to jinx it at all um but it's kind of been a little bit easier recently you know the targets have been going to slayton a lot and i mean hodgins is getting targets as well but i mean if james jr doesn't play i I have a lot more interest in hodgins at 50 or 3500 but i mean slayton at 51 for a guy that's like consistently getting six plus targets a game, they're just really slow on like adjusting his price. Yes. I mean, Slayton is, has been the clear number one wide receiver for several weeks now. Um, I I don't know. Like they still don't pass a ton. So like 5,100 feels appropriate. Um, I don't know. I guess they have been throwing a, f- a fair amount here. I was going to um, say, like, think of this game, though. I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I. Yeah, I agree. Um, just a tough matchup. Like, Philly's defense has been so good is my only hesitation there. But I agree. Like, Say- Slayton is the receiver I want to target. Um, if if James is in, I'm not playing Hodgins. I, I don't mind him if he's out. So, I I do like that call. Um, really it's Barkley though, for me, like you just, you run, you run this back with Barkley. I know it's expensive, especially if you're doing hurt to Brown Barkley, like that's, it's a tough stack to fit, but I, I really think if this game stays close, it's because of Barkley. Um, he, he has that pass catching ability as well. So even if it gets away from the giants a little bit, Barkley's still in play. Um, don't hate the Slayton call though. And I like Hodgins if, if James is out. It's expensive, but like if you're running a AJ Brown Hertz combo, I mean Barkley would probably be my favorite run back option. It's really expensive to do that. We have some value on the slate that we've already talked about, um, with some potential more value depending on some injuries. Um, but yeah, I mean Slayton Galladay didn't play last week either. So I don't know how much that really affects Hodgson's as well because Kenny Galladay is – I mean, this dude was supposed to be like – Hodgins is better deal. than Galladay. I don't think it affects him. <laughs> yeah, just – what happened to Kenny Galladay? Oh, like, man, I know, I know. a lot of injuries, but this dude was supposed to be like legit. Like he was compared – 
he was like baby tron in detroit when he first like came on the scene and like maybe it's just injuries and he has not been healthy and but yeah he really hasn't done much since like what his first first year first two years yeah, I mean, for, like he was okay for like three three years in Detroit, I think. And but yeah, ever since he's gotten to New York, it's just it's been a disaster. Um, hate to see it. I thought I he was going to get new life in New York. Like, yeah, talk right. about like a place where you could like go and get some targets and stuff. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he had twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. He had two really good thousand yard seasons. He had eleven yep. touchdowns in twenty nineteen. Like, even last year, like he only had five hundred twenty yards last year. But I mean, he still had a decent season. So, I don't know. It's it's just odd. It, it's really odd that someone as talented as him coming out of college. Maybe it's just injuries. Like, let's just chalk it up to injuries or maybe it was just the system trailing a lot i don't know but um someone that i really i mean i i was really high on him in best balls this year because i really thought there was opportunity for him and you were getting him you know second or third you know last to to last pick but yeah didn't did not pan out we move on because that's what we do we got kansas city we go to the four o'clock these games are fantastic sarcasm if you cannot see my face and you're not watching on youtube also if you're not watching on youtube why not um come hang out with us yeezy just told me what happened in the jazz game i guess it was a a steal in a bucket with <laughs> crazy jordan pool turnover right at the end of the game should have gotten it into clay and let him shoot some free throws because he did not score one point in the fourth quarter and i missed my Thanks. prop by half a point thank you clay thompson for not scoring one point in the fourth quarter Anyway, um, Kansas City uh, at Denver. This is a football game. It's 43 and a half total. Kansas City, a nine and a half point favorites. Kansas City can score on anybody, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, Kansas City can score on anybody. Patrick Mahomes is a generational type of quarterback. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end that we've ever seen. Gronk people come at me. I don't care what you have to say. Um, Jimmy Graham, people come at me. Travis Kelsey is just Travis Kelsey is the best. I know there's some old tight ends too that I'm like it's driving me crazy now that I'm forgetting, but we've had some really good tight ends over the years. But I mean, what Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have been able to do is second to none in my opinion. So, and again, I'm going to get a lot of Gronk Brady comments. Bring it on. Um, let's go to this Kansas City football team here in Denver. Denver, fantastic defense. Fourth in DVOA against the pass. Seventh in DVOA overall. 17th against the run. They struggle a little bit against the run, but they are a fantastic pass defense. But Patrick Mahomes does not care if you're a good pass defense or not. Talk to me here about the Chiefs. Yeah, the game environment does concern me a little bit because you know what you know who can't score? against anyone that's Denver. Um, yeah. So I am, I am concerned about how much Mahomes needs to push this here. And it like Denver's a bit of a run funnel, Kansas city, not a team that will generally lean run heavy. Like they, they're always pass heavy, but if the easiest path to the, to moving the ball is, is on the ground, do they, do they go more run heavy than they have for most of the season? It's possible. I think, um, 
like, and then you're dealing with receivers who, like, this is Patrick Mahomes' worst receiving core he's had in in several years, uh, with with no Tyree Kill. So it's Kelsey for me. I don't know how much I'm stacking up this game. Like, the Mahomes Kelsey stack is so expensive. I'm not sure that Mahomes has the ceiling in this spot against a great Denver defense. He certainly can win any matchup. Um, it's just like being in Denver. I think they can run the ball better than they have all season. Um, I probably just play Kelsey here. I'm not sure if I'm stacking Mahomes. I definitely prefer Hertz. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I have to take a look at Pacheco. Like, I don't love playing running backs who don't catch a ton of passes. He at least saw a couple targets last week. Um, but I think at 5,700, Pacheco is in play. Always want exposure to Kelsey. The receiver situation, like I tried Sky Moore last week. I'm not not going back to that. He just did not get it done despite Tony and Hardman being out. Even if that's the case again, it's just not looking like it's going to happen for Sky Moore. Valdez Scantling is just the most frustrating player to roster in the entire league because he'll be streaking down the sideline wide open and he just drops it or he's open in the end zone and drops it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a ton of interest in the wide receivers here, which means I'm probably not playing a ton of Patrick Mahomes. So give me Kelsey, a little bit of Pacheco. I think McKinnon's in play too. It's just not the right game script for for McKinnon. Um, you want him when he's catching a bunch of passes in a, in a high-scoring shootout, and I just don't see this game as that. So I think take Pacheco for the, the touchdown upside, and you always want some Kelsey. Pacheco's still under 6K, too. I mean, I don't know if he – he really hasn't shown, like, two touchdown upside. I mean, it's really hard to get two touchdown upside in this offense in general. Like, you know, even – Hilaire, did he have – he had a two-touchdown game, but it was through the air, right? Like, he had a two touchdowns week one against Arizona, but I think pretty sure both of them were passing touchdowns. So, it's really hard to get two rushing touchdowns with the red zone offense that – you know, Kansas city runs in general, you know, that's why Patrick Mahomes is always someone like, you know, he averages eight red zone attempts a game, um, which is just insane. If you think about it, um, I, I think Kelsey would be the play. I think Kansas city defense is in play this week. Oh yeah. My, my problem sure. is I'm with you. It's just one of those weeks where you're like, can Denver score? Um, and I mean, it just has not, been the case so Mahomes and Kelsey combo always in play Pacheco Kansas City combo in play defense um yeah a really interesting week because I mean if you would have like you probably circled this game preseason and said this oh, is yeah. gonna be a game um, <laughs> right and here we are week 14 and you have a like Denver team that just can't do anything on the offense the defense is so good like, if you're a Denver fan, you're so frustrated because we went out and we got Russell Wilson. We have plenty of pass catchers, and, like, we have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and we can't do anything with it. Um, so going to the Denver side of this game, I don't know what to do. Um, Dolchich, I think, yep. would be my favorite play. I don't think that's saying much. Sutton's doubtful. I mean, that makes Dolchich at 3,400 even more interesting, I think. Um, 
because I, I don't really think I trust like Kendall Hinton, Hinton, Hinton. Jerry Judy is banged up. I mean, this dude has been dealing with an ankle injury. He cannot stay healthy. He's 5,400. If he's a full go, take some shots. Kendall Hinton, Hinton is 3,400 in a, in a, I would almost say perfect game script type of game. If Sutton doesn't play and, and Judy's banged up, the snaps are going to be there for him. And I mean, Brandon Johnson, if, if Judy doesn't play too, is going to get targets. I don't think this is a spot I want to play Latavius Murray, even though I think he has some touchdown equity if they were able to get some red zone attempts here. But yeah, I mean, gosh, Denver's going to be down all game. <laughs> They're all really cheap. I mean, I know they're going to burn me. I, like, I'm sitting here telling you four days before this happens that I'm going to get burned here by some Denver plays. I don't think Wilson is someone I end up on. He might be, I don't know, on the fence. <laughs> He's cost me so much money already this year. I'm like, do I play him just because it's a perfect spot for him to have a big game and I'm already down so much that what's one more week? Um I really like Dolchich. What are your thoughts on Denver? I, I rambled there for a minute, but yeah. No, you hit on some really key points. There. Like the wide receiver rank room is so beat up that you have to have interest. Like Hinton at 3,400 and Dolchich at, at 3,400. I think both of those guys are fantastic plays. And I'm saying that knowing that Denver may not score a single offensive touchdown. Like I'm not playing Russell Wilson. I don't think that that he's throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns in this spot. But you do have two extremely cheap wide receivers who have been in the, been involved in the offense already, even when Sutton was out there who are both near minimum price. So Hinton and Dulcich, I think are very clearly two guys you can play just because of the volume that, that Denver's going to have to go to here. Like they're going to be trailing in this game more than likely unless they get an early defensive touchdown and just, Handed off to Latavius Murray 30 times. Like, even then, Mahomes is just going to find a way to score and, and and take the lead back. So, like, you're you're playing the cheap guys for the volume. I think it's Hinton, it's Dulcich. I like, we'll see what other value there is. Like, you mentioned Brandon Johnson. Um, Montreal Washington is like a really fast guy. Virgil, too, for that matter. Like, there's some speed in this Denver receiver core. I don't hate taking shots there and just hoping that that Russ gets lucky with a deep ball, but but it's Hinton and Dulcich that are very clearly the, the two top pass catchers. Lucas Murray is interesting. He, he's been getting the volume. He just has not been efficient at all. Kansas City ha has a bad run defense. Um, I think Denver at least tries to run the ball for the first half at minimum. So Murray at 5,200, I'm interested there. Um, it's not heavy interest, uh, but he has been involved in the passing game as well when they get behind. So I think Murray's still in play despite the inefficiency. Like just the Denver offense is the most inefficient offense in the NFL. So I, you, it's one piece at most for me, but I think sprinkling in some Murray with those two pass catchers we talked about is, is in play too. Russ Wilson is cheaper than Mike White. He's cheaper than Huntley, oh Daniel Jones. He's cheaper than Brissett, who's not even playing. He's cheaper than Pickett. He's cheaper than Tannehill. He's cheaper than Sam Darnold. There was ever a week for him just to get 20. 
I might, I might it's, do it. <laughs> the, the double stack is so cheap. The game script could potentially yeah, if, be perfect. If Judy's out and you can get Hinton and Dulcich oh for a combined 6,800. <laughs> oh. You get a three-way stack for almost 10K. Yeah. Little over that's, 10K. That's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> it combines 12 points. Let's go. <laughs> All right. We're getting off this game. We got Tampa Bay at San Francisco. 37 and a half total. San Francisco, a three point three and a half point favorite in this game. Says a lot to the San Francisco defense. Two really good defenses in this game in general. That's why the total is so low here at 37 and a half. Go to the Tampa side first. Um, I mean, this run defense is fantastic. I know Fournette's back. White, they're kind of like splitting carries. It's like a 60-40 situation, it seemed like. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. This is a tough one. Chris Godwin, I mean, the target share is just so insanely high that I think you have to have some, you know, tournament exposure to him. And I kind of think that like Rashad White has earned like a pass catcher role, kind of like Tom Brady, New England days with like James White um, and Rex Burkhead type of role. Brady has, uh, he's lived on these pass catching running backs and this guy eight and nine targets the last two weeks in close football games. This is going to be a good football game. I don't think he's the craziest play even behind Fournette and even in like a split running back kind of scenario here at 5,500. Oh man. So I agree with your thoughts there. The problem is we haven't seen it. Like Luch and I did the Monday night football uh, showdown, like the pregame show. And we were talking about this situation. It's like Rashad White should run ahead of Leonard Fournette. And then we saw Leonard Fournette on the first drive catch like three passes and like that was that was our conversation as well like at minimum Rashad White has earned the pass catching role Fournette's kind of struggled to do it throughout his career White did it very well in college and did it very well while filling in for Leonard Fournette so I just looked up the target share from last week 15% for Rashad White 13.2% for Leonard Fournette like I agree with you that that White is the more talented pass catcher but they're just like they're going to keep Leonard Fournette involved here. Um, and snaps were almost exactly 60-40, like you said. So Fournette is clearly ahead in this backfield, unfortunately. I, I think I it agree. was like I know what our numbers say, but I remember looking on um I think it was PFF that I think it was Fournette only played one more snap than White last week, for what it's worth. Interesting. Did White play special teams or something? And we only have Oh, I mean, that could be the case. That could be the case. I'm not sure. Um, I just remember I remember seeing that it was um, only one more snap. And, I mean, that easily could be the special team thing, like you mentioned. Yeah. Just for what it's worth, routes run 32 for Fournette, 21 for Rashad White. Like, Fournette's yeah, still I mean, involved. <laughs> it's maybe really- Fournette's the play. I mean, <laughs> the pass catching back seems like the play. Just getting it right, like – Kind of like the Elliot Pollard. Like, you're not playing them ever together. Right. But getting the guy that scores the one or two touchdowns could be huge. Um, I Because, I mean, they both could end up with, like, they both could end up with, like, six to eight targets piece, and, like, you just need the guy that scores. Um, So, 
maybe I put both of them in my player pool. They're both they're both under six K. And I mean, running back this week, it's not the best. It really isn't. Like there's not a ton of like, oh, this guy's in a fantastic spot. Like outside of like Dalvin Cook and you know the Dallas running back situation. But I mean, that's a split backfield as well. Right. So um we're gonna talk about Christian McCaffrey on the other side of this game. But like we're going to Carolina and Seattle. That situation isn't the best, like running back situation. So maybe I'm taking shots on making a group of zero to one and making sure I don't play them together, but maybe I'm taking a shot on Fournette or White here. Yeah, I, I don't hate the call at all. Um, I think they're both in play, to be honest. Like it's a tough matchup against San Francisco. And like they'll probably try to run the ball a little bit at the beginning of the game. But Tampa Bay is a team that's certainly not afraid to turn pass heavy. Um, and if either one of these guys ends up catching six or seven balls and, and scoring a touchdown, that production at 5,500 or 5,600 is, is very useful. So I, I don't disagree with you at all that, that they're in play. It's just, it's a difficult situation to figure out. And it's a frustrating situation because I think all of the fantasy football world wants Rashad White to happen. But the unfortunate reality is that Leonard Fournette is still very much involved. Um, that said, your point about their pricing, there's no like smash 6K running backs. The Dallas guys are both in play, but that's also a split. They're, like We've had weeks where there are 6K running backs. You just want to jam in as much as possible. That's not the case this week. These guys are, are under 6K. They're both in play. I, I agree with you. And I love the Godwin call as well. Um, dude's just had an awesome target share. Ever since returning from the injury, 13 targets in back-to-back weeks. Um, like he can get there on the the volume alone if he finds the end zone, he's a smash at sixty seven hundred. Like Mike White is, or Mike Evans, excuse me, is, is cheap. Um, it's just a tough matchup for him. You need him to find the end zone to get there. He's probably not going to do it on volume. I don't hate some shots there, um, but like I don't know that I'll be playing Brady stacks. I like Godwin for the volume, and I'm I'm interested in the running backs because of the price. The, the other thing, I, is, is Cameron Brait off the injury report completely? Yeah, it looks sure. like it. Yep. Yeah, he's not on the injury report. Because um, Otten like smashed Otten, without Brait. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Otten, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That situation, If we, I think week 12 was like 50-50. Um, Cam Brait just can't stay healthy. I mean, Otten, we want it to be a thing, but again, so really quick, I, I just wanted to say, like, with as good as San Francisco is at stopping the run, um, I mean, they allow 75 rushing yards per game this season, which is the fewest in the NFL. Like, Brady is going to need to throw in this game. So, like, Godwin, Evans, these running backs that can catch the ball, like, they're in play. Yeah. San Francisco is going to score some points. I don't know how much, like – I feel as confident with like Purdy playing quarterback here. Um, but I mean, Miami's defense is not great. Purdy looked really good last week. Um, he had one, like one really bad miss throw to turn it into a pick, but I mean, he played decent. The thing is he just has so much talent around him that San Francisco is yeah. going to score McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. I mean, there's just so much talent around Purdy that they're going to score. So let's talk about San Francisco. Um, I mean, 
got everything we wanted from Christian McCaffrey last week. He was a highlight for me on the podcast last week. 10 targets, and I don't expect it to be any different this week. Um, I love Christian McCaffrey again. I have him ranked as one of my highest running back plays this week. This is the Carolina type of role that we want from Christian McCaffrey. And we said it, we talked about it a ton last week on the podcast with Mitchell on the IR. We're going to get that role. He played 84% of the snaps. He was involved heavily in the offense and it did not matter that Jimmy G got hurt. And I wish for a speedy recovery um, for Jimmy G. But I mean, this is, this is now, this is now, Christian McCaffrey's team. Debo's still here. Debo is 6,100. He's way too cheap, but this is now Christian McCaffrey's team. Yeah, the back backfield, and like they were going to use Eli Mitchell as long as he was out there, like getting him I mean, out it was there. Working. Like, it was, yeah, working. absolutely. And they, they still mixed Jordan Mason in a little bit last week, but you touched like the Bucks defense is amazing. Running the football is not going to be their path to success. It's going to be McCaffrey out of the backfield. Easy checkdowns for for Purdy, and it's going to be like screen type passes to Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle. Like that's the whole like basis of the San Francisco offense is around those short passes, and then they have these amazing run after catch guys in Samuel Ayuk and and Kittle. Like that doesn't change. It's it's not a difficult throw to make. Purdy showed last week that he can make all of those throws. I don't think the the offense really loses much going from Jimmy G to, to Purdy, to be honest, just because of the way that they run their offense. Like maybe you lose some some big play equity. Um, like I think Purdy's throwing many 40-yard touchdown passes in the air, but could he throw a two-yard screen pass to Debo Samuel, Samuel that he takes 40 yards to the house? Absolutely. Um, that's just kind of how their offense works. So agree. I'm Tampa Bay, a very good defense, but San Francisco can still put up points in the spot, even with their third-string quarterback. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we finish it out with Carolina at Seattle. 43 and a half total. Seattle, a four-point favorite in this game. Haven't seen who's going to start for Carolina yet at quarterback. I mean, there was a report that P.J. Walker is going to suit up. I know who it's not. Um, (laughs) It's not Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. Um, So it sounds like everything... Everything that I'm pointing that I've read is Walker is going to be suited up. Darnold's still going to get the start. Um, so I don't know what that necessarily means um, for DFS purposes, but yeah, I mean, looking at this, the big, I think one of the biggest news, like things that we're going to be watching this week is like, is Foreman going to play? Because if Foreman's out, Hubbard becomes a fantastic play. Seattle struggles against the run. They allow the second most rushing yards per game. And yeah, I mean, if Foreman's out, I'm loading up on Hubbard. We don't have a ton of cheap options at running back. At 4,800, if he scores a touchdown, gets 80 plus yards, he would be in a great spot. So I have interest in DJ Moore. 
little bit of interest in Sam Darnold. I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of these four o'clock games. Um, I think it's two mediocre defenses dealing with some defensive injuries. So I want to see who's in. Um, if Foreman plays, I have interest in Foreman. Uh, you know, even with, you know, giving Hubbard some carries as well, I think Foreman's going to get first crack at a bad run defense and he could go for a big game here. Yeah, I, I think Foreman plays here. He played before the bye. They're coming off of their bye. So unless he got really banged up in practice over the bye week, that's really the only way I could see him missing. I don't know exactly why he needs to rest on a Wednesday coming off of a bye, but I don't know. Keep an eye on it. I, I agree. Foreman's and play it. I think he plays too. Yeah, I, I think he's playing here, but definitely something to monitor. Um, agree with the Hubbard take, like in, anybody that – has against it even 60 percent of the touches in the backfield at 4800 would certainly be in play and this is this is a great matchup so if foreman is out there though 5400 i think a very fair price for him um like you're you're concerned about the game script here but i don't see seattle separating ultra quickly um like carolina should be able to keep it competitive um he's had huge workloads in the in the past couple of weeks before the buy, so I like Foreman at fifty four hundred. DJ Moore and a guy who super talented quarterback play has been very iffy. Um, Sam Darnold, I think, can get him the ball fifty five hundred fair price. I'm I'm okay with DJ Moore. Probably not going anywhere else on this Carolina offense. The, the receivers room just they're cheap, but there's not a ton of talent there. Um, so yeah, Foreman, if he plays Hubbard, if he doesn't, and a little bit of DJ Moore, that's about it. I mean, you know, we have to think back, you know, we didn't see Carolina last week, but week 12, I mean, they beat Denver 23 to 10 and Moore had a big play. I trust Darnold more than I trust Baker Mayfield and Walker to get DJ Moore the ball. And he's 5,500, like way too much talent at 5,500 against a, a mediocre at best Seattle defense. So I like he is going to be someone that you're going to see in a in the morning grind game in one of the questions this week. So I like DJ Moore a lot. Seattle side of this game. I mean this is an interesting spot because we the running back situation coming into this week we really have no clue who's going to play running back. Um Walker, I think, is probably on the bad side of questionable. Who knows about Homer? And I think Dallas is on the bad side of questionable. Um, there's a good chance that, like, Tony Jones suits up and is <laughs> the the guy this week. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting, right? Because... Carolina, they, they're not the best run defense. They're not the best pass defense. So maybe this is a week that Gino just kind of flies under the radar. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. Multiple passing touchdowns in six straight games. We keep talking about him. We've talked about him all year. We're not going to stop talking about him. The problem is just trying to figure out, like, if it's Metcalf or Lockett. I always prefer Metcalf. But, I mean, both of these guys are very much in play. Gino, um, he's definitely going to be on my list this week. Yeah, I, I have interest in, in Seattle for sure. Um, 
the Ken Walker injury last week was part of why it was such a rough week for me. I I loaded up on him, thought that Rams defense without Aaron Donald, he could exploit that. Just love what we've seen from Ken Walker so far this season. Um, if he's out there, I'd go right back to him. Even like 6,800 price tags coming up. Carolina, not a run defense I'm afraid of. Probably not playing, like you said. Um, and then I need, I don't know, I don't trust any of the other backs. Tony Jones, we've seen him, I think he was a, with the Saints when Kamara missed, and he was super chalk last year, one of the weeks, and just put up a complete dud. Uh, I believe Dwayne Washington ran ahead of him that, in that game. Like, so I, There's no way I can t- trust Tony Jones. I know 4,800 is, is super cheap, but I don't know. Um, even Homer and Dallas, like they prefer them in the passing game more than – like I think DJ Dallas – is the guy that would get the early down work if he's active. It's just, it's a tough situation. Um, I don't, we got to see how the injury report shakes out, but if, if Dallas is active, I have a little interest there. I don't know if I'm playing Homer or Jones, like Homer it w- could, could be useful to catch some passes. Just, I don't know that they're trailing in that. I like Seattle in this game, no matter who's playing running back. So, Probably avoiding it if if Walker is out. Maybe some shares of DJ Dallas, but I agree. Like Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, TJ Lockett. I think you can even take a look at Noah Fant, especially if Disley is out. Um, Noah Fant has been seeing like three, four, five targets weekly for several weeks now. He's 3,100, definitely in play, but Metcalf and Lockett, definitely the story here. That's where I'm going. The, the majority of my exposure to Seattle. Yeah, I, I like the passing game for sure. Um, I mean, Geno like, might be like a, a fifth or sixth ranked quarterback this week, maybe even higher. Like, yeah, it's it's an interesting spot. Um, made fun of these four o'clock games and found some love here in this last one. So let's uh let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here again. The good old fashioned don't have projected ownership yet on a Wednesday night. So it makes the game a little bit more different, um, more different. My English is fantastic today. <laughs> Quarterback to throw for 300 plus yards. Who do you got? He got it done last week and he has had a surprisingly good season. Um, Jared Goff against this terrible to pass defense. Another great spot for him. In the dome, love it for him this week. You're gonna come over to the dark side. I'm telling you, main team might have Jared Goff this week. Let's do it. Um, I struggled this one this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my initial thought and go Kirk Cousins in that same game. Throws for 300 plus yards. I just my biggest concern with Cousins is Dalvin Cook just has a monster game. That's why I don't have him ranked as high this week. But I'm still going to have plenty of exposure to Kirk Cousins this week because, I mean, I love Jefferson and I love that game in general. Low-owned running back for a touchdown. Again, we don't have ownership, so it's tough to do this one. Um, What do you like here? We talked about the split backfield in Dallas. I think everyone would much rather play Tony Pollard. I think Ezekiel Elliott kind of goes under the radar in a phenomenal matchup here. You think that's low enough owned? 
on a Wednesday night it is. Um, Sounds I mean, good to I can me. see him. Yeah, I could see him picking up a lot of ownership throughout the week. Um, I guarantee you on FanDuel, he'll be under 10%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that price is just is crazy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard without ownership. Um, yeah, it's so hard without ownership. Give me... He's going to be popular. And all the good players are just going to be popular this week. Running back is so... Um, do you think Pacheco is going to be chalky? He'll be under 10%. Give me him. Yep, I agree. He'll be under 10. Give me a quarterback-wide receiver combo for a touchdown. We we love this Minnesota-Detroit game. You took him for, for 300 yards. I'm taking Cousins to Jefferson as as a phenomenal stack this week. Yep, I like that one a lot. Um, Sam Darnold to DJ Moore. I told you that you're going to see him in this. Um, I'm going a little off the board this week and going Sam Darnold to DJ Moore. I wrote it down, and when I wrote it down, I was like, Keith is going to laugh at me. And then, <laughs> well, I thought for sure like, when you said when you said that, I thought for sure it was DJ Moore for eight targets, which I'm I totally on board with that. I didn't know you were going some Sam Darnold too. I'm going. Let's get it. Um, people are gonna people are gonna pull up uh, CVRs this week and be like, "Why is Darnold on Stevie's rankings?" <laughs> and then at the end of the week, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, all right, I see you." Anyway, number four question: Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who do you got this week? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown has just been a lock every single week. Easiest way to attack Minnesota is through the air. He's going to get them again this week. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, we. I feel like he's been the answer to this question so many times this year in yes. this game. Yep. And he's crushed all year. I'm going Amari Cooper. I was on the fence last week with Watson coming back, but to see who's going to be kind of the guy. Cooper had nine targets. That's three straight weeks with at least nine targets. Um, I think Watson's going to look at Cooper here, and I like him to get some targets in this one. I love that. I think that's a sneaky game. Um, we'll see where ownership shakes out as we get towards the end of the week, but right now that seems like it's going to go under the radar a little bit. I love that game. If Watson can show up, that game has so much potential. And I think with a game under his belt, we know the talent is there. The talent, he has talent around him. Um, I mean, that game has a ton of potential. Tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got scoring a touchdown this week? It's Greg Dulcich. We talked about the Denver wide receiver room being so banged up. Target share has been there. Touchdowns have not. I think he finds the ends on this week. You took my guy. Um, I'll go with Jordan Akins then. I love that one too. He's the other tight end that I had written down as like a cheaper tight end. So give me Akins. Try to stay away from I think TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end play on the slate by like by a large margin this week. Um like if you're not getting up to Kelsey. Kelsey's always is he the number as one vengeful guy. as AJ Brown. Let's hope What's so. What's that? Is he as vengeful as AJ Brown was last week? Let's hope so. He's got the revenge <sighs> I think narrative. He's happy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Uh, number six, we got defense. Defense to score 10 plus points. I think the Ravens are playing without their quarterback this week. They get a matchup against a rookie QB, um, and they need the defense to step up. I think they'll be able to do it. Love this call. I love this call. You mean Baltimore's defense, right? Yes, Baltimore's D. Yep. I don't love that call. <laughs> I like the I'm other going side Pittsburgh. Too. Pittsburgh's <laughs> defense. I love this one. Um, <laughs> I was like, gosh, you took another one. Of my my answers. I love the Pittsburgh defense this week. Um, they are 2,800. They have all the ability in the world. The weather might not be the best. This is going to be a low-scoring, slow-paced game. Give me the Pittsburgh defense. I do like the Baltimore defense as well at 3,300. I'm just taking the 500. Like, like, yeah. Like, if you want to pay yeah. up, if you want to pay up, I mean, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles. I mean, all these, all of these defenses are really strong at the top this week. But I think spending down to one of these cheaper defenses. I mean, we all like to save money on defense. It's like paying down at catcher. We like to pay down at defense. Yeah, Pittsburgh as the chief defense is, is absolutely a lot. Whichever team ends up behind in this game, the, the defense for the team leading, I think like I don't think either one really wants to throw all that much in this spot. Um, but whoever's forced into throwing a lot, the other defense is going to eat for sure. Favorite money line against the spread. Uh, anything standing out to you here this week? Um, I'd like Seattle at home. Minus three and a half against Carolina. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I think it's going to be Darnold. You were on Carolina a little more than I expect you to you to be, but Geno I still Smith think has I like the Seattle side just as much as you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Geno Smith has played phenomenal this year. Maybe they don't have their their stud running back, but I think Geno Smith can take care of the ball enough. They they get the job done here at home against Carolina minus three and a half. Yeah, I like that one um, a lot. I'm going to stick with what I originally had written written down. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota plus two and a half. I think that Minnesota is the better team. I know Detroit's been playing good, and I we love this game in general. Um, I just Minnesota's a really good football team. There's so much talent. Detroit defense is really not this good. They're playing good. They're really not this good. Um, so give me give me Minnesota Vikings this week. I like that one a ton. Agree that Detroit's defense been playing a little over their head. Minnesota's the better team here. I cannot believe that Detroit is favored. Yeezy posted in chat. He likes Eagles minus seven. There's a few books just for what it's worth that has Eagles minus six and a half. So get that extra half point. Um, favorite over under this week. Yeah, it's I'm going to the Minnesota Detroit game here. Like this is a, a great Shut game up. environment. <laughs> over 52 and a half it's these these are the games you can get to, that just soar over um and detroit's been a part of uh, four or five of them this season already so in the dome absolutely love the over here i'm gonna go to the under i, I hate team under um but 36 and a half in this pittsburgh game it's this total is insanely low i don't think lamar jackson plays in this game i think this is going to be an extremely low scoring game two solid defenses yeah i'm just give me the under in the pittsburgh baltimore game at minus or under 36 and a half the other one that for what is worth the other one that i like this week 
if you want to go back to team overs of Cleveland and Cincinnati over 47 and a half. So uh, player props. There's not a ton. I'm struggling, you know, sleeper doesn't really have anything out. Um, so we're going to skip that question again, get in the rotor grinders squad over there on sleeper and I'll post something later this week. Uh, is there any NFL player props that you saw that you like here? There are some I like. I'm not like super sold on any of them yet. I want to do a little bit more digging, but a couple numbers did jump out. Um, Latavius Murray for 48 and a half rushing yards. Like it's Kansas City. They don't have a great run defense. There's no efficiency at all on this Denver offense, but I feel like he can get to 48 and a half rushing yards. I like Murray's over. And then Deontay Foreman was the other one. He's at 55 and a half rushing yards. Um, we like the Seattle run defense isn't, isn't very good. Um, he's been, ha- he's had a really nice workload as long as he's healthy. I think Foreman should get over 55 and a half as well. Don't love either of them, but leaning towards playing both. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 the one that I absolutely love that I primed up already on scores and odds is I love TJ Hawkinson over 48 and a half receiving yards. I think that line is way too low. We have him currently on the Rotor Grinders projections projected for 55 receiving yards in this game. He hasn't hit this number. I mean, if you're looking, if you're a box score person, you're like, oh, this number is too high. Um, So I'm jumping on this one early in the week. I think that this line is too low, even though he really hasn't had like that game yet. Minnesota is terrible against the pass. Absolutely love this line um, for Hawkinson. It was one that stood out to me. Um, That was really it. I was hoping that we were going to get like Dolchich at a lower line. It came in at like 40 and a half. I still don't mind the over on that one as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot more lines out than I thought than there was before we recorded the podcast. So, I mean, just kind of looking really quick to see if anything else stands out to me. Um, Dalvin Cook, 75 and a half rushing yards, probably pretty close. Yeah, I mean, nothing like jumping off the page to me. Jalen Hurts, 47 and a half. If you think that game's going to be close, he, someone 47 and a half, um, he's someone that can break off some big runs. But yeah, so, but my official answer, my official answer is Hawkinson over um, his receiving prop at, what did I say it was? 40. 40, 48 and a half, I think. 48. Yeah, 48 and a half. Keith, any uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything else. Hopefully, we we stick to. I th- think we covered the slate well, and we had some great thoughts. Hopefully, we don't change too much by Sunday. <laughs> I don't think there's as much injury news this week. Um, condensed slate, really, because I mean, there's there's two games that I think you could easily cross off on this slate. Um, so if if that Baltimore Pittsburgh game goes bonkers, I am just gonna lose. I, I mean, yeah. I I'm gonna be playing a lot of defense in that game, so I'll have some running backs. But if that game goes off, I'm just gonna lose. But that is gonna wrap it up here for Week 14, 10 game NFL slate. Appreciate everyone hanging out. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Keith's actually back tomorrow, talking some basketball. 
only three games on the Thursday slate. So check out crunch time. We will see you all next week for football on Thursday nights and we'll see you tomorrow for basketball. Good luck everyone. See you then.